3: slash compatibility.
5: Major League Baseball underway and more games getting started. More talk from the National Football League and college football as well. Thanks for being here. Adam Candy in Las Vegas, joined by James Salinas in Denver, Colorado. Uh, Four games getting started here in the next 15 to 20 minutes in Major League Baseball. James got the Angels and the Twins, Tigers and the Royals, Rangers and the Astros, Diamondbacks, And the Cubs, uh, including the Diamondbacks, who actually won a game on the road for the first time in uh, quite a while in Chicago against those struggling Cubs. Uh, James, anything on the 2 o'clock Eastern card that catches your attention in Major League Baseball?
2: I was actually almost, I was tempted to get involved with the D-backs today, and we saw Kelly, really Kelly yesterday, was. he's been the only bright spot for this team. A lot of injuries to this lineup, this, the, the bullpen is awful for the Diamondbacks, but did see some competitive fight out of them. I saw some of that game yesterday, the latter part of the innings, and just saw a different level of, of effort from that diamondbacks team i mean it's when you're a bad team it's hard to bring that each and every day but you are going to wrigley park and you're going to play in wrigley field it's your lone trip there to chicago and you want to get after it as far as the cubs are concerned did not see and we haven't seen much of a fight from the chicago cubs team we know the trade deadline is looming just a few days away and there's a number of players on that cubs lineup and that roster that will be wearing bit They'll be wearing different uniforms here in about a week. So just not sure how engaged. Haven't seen him be very engaged there. I was tempted to do it as plus, yeah, 140-ish there. But ah, I just couldn't get there. Although just seeing Trevor Williams at $1.70 being favored there, that was almost tempting for me. I still have an opportunity. Can you talk me off the ledge? Can I get involved with the D-backs right now, Adam?
5: Oh, I can talk you off the ledge. Oh, I absolutely can talk you off the ledge. Uh, This Arizona Diamondbacks team is the worst team in Major League Baseball, and it's not all that particularly close. Uh, I still think there's too much talent on the Cubs side, despite the underperformance, to go ahead and take the Diamondbacks on the road here. As you mentioned, this core that was the World Series core, some guys coming into free agency, some guys that have just fallen out of favor. We talked about Rizzo and Baez about to hit the market. Uh, Chris Bryant has obviously had his issues with the organization. All three of them could be on the move here in the next couple of weeks. So as you mentioned, could it be a distracted team? Could it be a team focused on things other than what's going on on the field? Yes. And were the opposition any better than the 31 and 69 Diamondbacks? <laughs> then maybe I could get involved. Uh, but I'll stay off it. I hope I can keep you off it. As well, let's get a look at what's happening right now across uh, Major League Baseball. There's been some scoring in some of the early games, starting in Cincinnati, where a three-run home run for Joey Votto on one side off Oviedo. On the other side, you have Tyler O'Neal with a two-run shot off Sonny Gray, 3-2 lead for the Cincinnati Reds, as we are, I believe, in the bottom of the third inning there. In Boston, Yankees and the Red Sox. One out in the bottom of the third. Yankees do push one across in the top of the third. nothing. New York. James has under 6.5 in the first five. I have under 10.5 for the game. No score between Atlanta and Philadelphia in the city of brotherly love as Tuki Dussant, who's been good recently for the Braves, gets the start against Aaron Nola, his second start off the disabled list. Nola is dealing early on. Tampa and Cleveland, no Fran Mill Reyes in the lineup for the Cleveland Indians today. Uh, they are tied with Tristan McKenzie opposing, I believe that is Ryan Yarbrough, the starter today, and it is Ryan Yarbrough for the uh, Rays as the opener. We also have San Diego and the Miami Marlins bottom of the third inning as San Diego holds a one nothing lead. Over Miami Orioles and the Nationals. James has John Means, the Orioles starter to basically go less than five and a third innings as it is two to one at Camden Yards with the Orioles leading the struggling Nats. Another team that is going to have a different makeup by the time we get through next week. John Heyman for Major League Baseball Network reporting that Max Scherzer at the end of that seven year, $210 million deal he signed as a free agent is at least someone where trade discussions are being engaged from Mike Rizzo in that front office. And he obviously would become the biggest name on the trade market, could change some of those World Series futures for many different teams. It is betting across America, live from Las Vegas and Denver presented by bet mgm james salinas joins me adam candy as we get to look through not only what's happening in major league baseball just recapped what's happening in the early card and looked at some of the 2 p.m games but we also look ahead to what's going to happen in college football in just about a month uh, we start with the ohio state invitational otherwise known as the big 10 east james uh, the Buckeyes, once again, will be in the discussion for the national championship. What will they get out of C.J. Stroud as he replaces Justin Fields, who's off to Chicago? Ohio State is minus 450 in the Big Ten East. Oh, oh uh, we have that Penn State team that disappointed so many last year at 6-1. Indiana, 10-1. The Michigan Wolverines are 14-1. James, uh, a familiar question to what I asked you about the... SEC with Georgia and Alabama. Uh, Is there anyone in this division who can compete with Ohio State?
2: I don't think so. Uh, What's what's happened to Michigan of all teams and just the fall off that we've saw. I mean, that's the one thing I think think about last year especially Big Ten play really weird schedule started late a lot of teams so many teams with COVID issues having a whether they're postponing games canceling games it's hard to get a read from last year to this year although with Ohio State we got a great read with the run that they went on and in particular offensively with Justin Fields but he's no longer there now and I think we definitely saw a lot of holes defensively especially in the 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 past defense for Ohio State last year so how does that translate does anybody in the east of the Big Ten Conference. Can they take advantage of some of those issues that were on the Ohio State defensive side? I don't know. I don't see any of these teams really built. Indiana, great season last year, but obviously injuries really hurt them at the quarterback position. And whether they're going to be able to re- replicate and duplicate the year that they had last year did the Indiana Hoosiers. Fun year for them and great year for them, but I can't see them being able to step up and contend. Just on paper alone, yeah, Penn State always has plenty of talent, but they never they, they can't put it together and be competitive and get over the hump when you're trying to beat Ohio State. Again, it's the haves and the have-nots. Now, Michigan used to be one of the haves, but they've fallen so far off. Last year, quarterback transition, just felt like the kids were disconnected from Coach Harbaugh there, just not hearing the message anymore. I can't find anywhere down that list of those other six teams that remain in the Big Ten East to be able to compete and actually knock off Ohio State. No sexy dog pick for me there.
5: I'll make you this case about Indiana, and it's not a case where I'm saying I think they're better than Ohio State, where I think they can even compete with Ohio State. But I will say that if Michael Penix Jr. is healthy, Michael Penix Jr. could be the best quarterback in this conference and is at least going to make Indiana a competitive, interesting team week in and week out because of what he can do with the offense. So do I think that they're going to win the Big Ten East at 10-1, no. Do I think it's a team where you might play some win totals uh, depending on what you see out of Michael Penix over the next month in terms of the health? Might be worth a look. On the other side, at least a little bit more competitive between Scani and Iowa. uh, Minus 115 on Wisconsin to win the Big Ten West. The Hawkeyes at plus 185. Minnesota, Nebraska, Northwestern all playing around that teens category 10, 12, and 16 On those sides, Uh, James, between Wisconsin and Iowa, what can I offer you here? Are are you a buyer that we're going to get the good version of Graham Mertz for Wisconsin? Or do you think that Iowa roster has enough talent to win this division?
2: I think regardless if Mertz can just be keep them keep the offense and do some sense of vertical passing game consistently where he's ma- making some plays down the field that defense is going to keep them competitive and and it's the other piece here too is you look at the schedule their big 10 schedule the overall schedule for Wisconsin you're going to have full capacity there back there at Camp Randall. We know what an advantage that is for the Badgers when they're playing at home. And their tough games are all going to be played at home for the most part. Penn State, they open the season with, they're going to be playing at Camp Randall. It's at home. The Notre Dame game, that's a that's a neutral site game. Michigan, they get to play at home. Uh, they also get to play the Iowa Hawkeyes at home. So I just think from that standpoint here, and Northwestern is played at home. So the road schedule is very favorable for Wisconsin. And you think about all the tough. Teams on their schedule within that side of the division in the Big Ten for Wisconsin, they are going to play those games in Wisconsin. That's just such an advantage for the Badgers when they're playing at home. I can't get on board with Iowa here. I just think that it's the the, 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 the schedule is just too favorable for Wisconsin to say that they are not going to come out on top within their side of the division.
5: Two reasons that I'd be on Wisconsin. I actually don't mind that price uh, at minus one fifteen on Wisconsin. First one is that between Wisconsin and Iowa, that game is going to be played, as you mentioned, at Camp Randall. That is one of those early starts, one of those noon Eastern starts that tends to be the kind of game that Wisconsin plays particularly well in. No, do not bet Wisconsin to win the division based on the timing of the game against Iowa. But do bet them based on this. I don't trust Spencer Petras at all uh, when it comes to the quarterback position at Iowa. And for a team that's ranked as highly in the preseason as Iowa is, I'm not sure any of them comes in with a bigger question at quarterback with the season uh, that he had last year and the turnovers. He probably will be pushed uh, in camp and maybe even in season for this Iowa team. From the middle of the country, we swing out my way, out west, and even out James's way as uh, Colorado came into the Pac 12 a few years ago. Starting the North Division with. Oregon, Washington, Cal, Washington State, Stanford, Oregon State. And really, we're talking about the Ducks and the Huskies here as Oregon with its quarterback questions, but plenty of talent elsewhere, especially on the defensive side, minus 115 to win the Pac-12 North. The Washington Huskies at plus 145 and then some much longer shots. After that, James, what is your level of concern for the Oregon quarterback position with Shug out of there and now Anthony Brown likely to get the start?
2: That's the big question mark for sure, right? What is that going to look like? Oh, they can run the football. They always have talent at the running back position. But now the quarterback side, yeah, that's a concern for me with Oregon. But ultimately, always the bigger concern for me is, well, let's just start on the sideline with the head coach. Is Cristobal the one that we you, you, you're going to trust to be able to week in and week out put the game plans together to be able to beat and win in the big in those big contests and i'm going to say no that's not the one that i trust on that side and looking at the huskies yeah it's a two-team race on that side of the division in the pack 12 and for me the huskies they're going to be very stout defensively too and they got plenty of question marks on the offensive side but you know they it's transition in coaching staff but this coaching staff is still that, that's still part of the fabric of where we're at with the huskies uh, from basically what a decade ago when they made the transition at the coaching position and i think here for the Huskies, yeah. There's another place where you're going to have a great advantage when they're playing at home as well, and digging into the schedule here. I, it's a plus price, it's a small plus price, and everybody else is playing for third on that side. But I can make a case for the Huskies more so because I just don't trust the coaching acumen on the other side for the Oregon Ducks.
5: Yankees add a run. Gio Urshela on. It is two nothing as Glaber Torres scores top of the fourth inning in. New York solo home runs for Baltimore and Miami as well. O's go up three to one on the nets and Miami gets a tie now against San Diego going into the fourth inning. We have a really competitive PAC 12 South James. Uh, And I don't know that that's because we have a lot of good teams as we have a lot of teams with some talent and some question marks, USC, ASU, Utah and then down to this UCLA team that we talked about a little bit earlier uh, with its matchup against Hawaii in week zero SC the favorite behind Keaton Slovis plus 165 ASU boy, has this team caught some steam here uh, over the last month or two plus 225 Utah plus 270 and then the Bruins are seven to one. Where do you start with the Pac-12 South? Anybody jump out to you as better than another in that three-team pack?
2: I, I like Utah. I just, I, I'm a fan of players. I'm a fan of coaches, not a fan of teams. But in this case here, I love winning him. I think he is the best coach in the Pac-12, and he's been such an institution, has Kyle Whittingham been there for the Utes, and the the culture is there for that team. You know that defensively, I just, I'm just i not going to take away much from last year within the Pac-12 conference of what we saw, as far as the play was concerned, because it was, talk about a conference that just had such a weird year. So some teams only played three or four games. Can't I'm not going to take anything away or take and roll it over from last year to this year, except for the fact that the hold over there remaining is going to be at the coaching position for Utah and we'll see now they've got transfer Charlie Brewer coming over will he be the Brewer the the quarterback that we saw under Matt Rule there at Baylor for the couple years when he had sensational season there I kind of suspect we will but that's not the need there the need is going to be uh, to come in and manage the game make some plays when necessary and we're just going to be we're going to out coach and we're going to out work and we're going to be the more physical team on both sides of the football there and for a team like USC there's always high expectations for them and Clay Helton there what has he done since he's been there at USC, what is it, seventh or eighth season now? And we're always all the hype around U- USC because they have the talent and Slovis there at the quarterback position, uh, as respectful for that. But I think uh, I'm not a team that I trust in the big games to be able to compete week in and week out. And I think here for me with the plus price with Utah, make mine the Utes.
5: Yeah, I, I don't know that I can buy either of the teams in front of them. Uh, I, I need to see it with USC, as you mentioned, uh, Graham Harrell and this offense. Look. It's not an easy schedule uh, that they have, and the non-conference isn't easy either. I mean, you're going to open with a San Jose State team that opened a lot of eyes last year. Brett Brennan is a very good coach, and he is going to have that team ready for week one even without uh, some of the talent that they had last year you've got your traditional Notre Dame game and then you also have BYU uh, on the end of this schedule and I'm not saying that ha- I've covered that doesn't have any effect on these division odds but uh, it does affect what USC is going to have to deal with in terms of preparation and physical punishment throughout the rest of the year I don't think it's I uh, I don't think it's a particularly easy schedule uh, for USC uh, on the Arizona state side, look, there are a ton of questions around this program right now. Uh, and a lot of them go back to what's happened in, in the off season. And uh, I have to wonder about the focus, uh, with ASU. Are they going to be able to get themselves right where they need to be? Uh, look, Jane Daniels, Jane Daniels might be the guy. He might be the dual threat quarterback that, that ASU needs to compete. Uh, I don't trust him as much as I trust Slovis. I trust him a little more than I trust Charlie Brewer uh, coming over. And there's just a lot around ASU that I don't really know yet that I can't feel particularly great about um, when it comes to trying to handicap what's happening with the Sun Devils. The one thing that the Sun Devils do have in their favor is that they're not going to get into conference play until much deeper in the season. Uh, They will not see a conference opponent until the Buffs uh, on September 25th. So uh, ASU does have some time to work out whatever issues it has. That defense should be very good for Arizona State uh, and Coach Herm Edwards and Antonio Pierce on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, James, back to baseball here for a moment as Manny Machado, just as I was talking about the home run for Miami. Manny Machado hits one a very long way, and the Padres have taken the lead back. They are up 2-1. Two, two, Philadelphia on the board against Tukey Toussaint, one nothing for the Philadelphia Phillies. Mentioned the Yankees adding a run up 2-0 against Boston. 3-1 is the lead for the Orioles over the Washington Nationals, still 3-2. In Cincinnati, those were runs scored on home runs early from Joey Votto and Tyler O'Neill. Uh, let's get a look at what's going on on the golf scoreboard here because we have any number of golfers in contention at the 3M Open. Not a lot of big names on the card coming in. Uh, and frankly, the biggest of them, Dustin Johnson, didn't even make the cut. But we now have a three-way tie for the lead. Cameron Tringali came in early uh, with the... Outright lead at 12 under Johnny Vegas and Chez Revi have joined him at 12. Bo Hogue, Ryan Armour, Charles Schwartzel, Cameron Champ, Mav McNeely, Pat Perez, Gary Woodland. I don't know, maybe even you, James Salinas, uh, at 11 under as we look at uh, all the golfers getting going. Um, unfortunately for much of the VSIM production crew that has Bo Van Pelt at 300 to 1. Uh, Bo Van Pelt is 1 over for the day through 4. He is Eight shots back, so you have a wide open leaderboard here at the 3M open. Chezrevi Revy uh, is up at the top, as we mentioned, with Cameron Tringali and Johnny Vegas. Uh, baseball coming up later today, James. And I want to go back to a game that you touched on that I have some interest in. As well, and I'm mad at myself for missing the number on this, and yet I still might get involved between Brandon Woodruff and Lance Lynn in the Sunday night baseball contest between the Milwaukee Brewers and the Chicago White Sox. Uh, Woodruff, in some spots, moving out close to 150, was sitting there 120, 125 last night, uh, almost switching up to the point where Lance Lynn becomes some level of value here. 7:08 p.m. Eastern start total sitting seven and a half between the White Sox and the Brewers.
2: And going for the sweep are the Brewers here. And started, they hit the baseball last night and were able to drive the ball over the fence. I think here we talked about the White Sox earlier in the first hour about this is a team that will get reinforcements back come August in that lineup and also in that bullpen. But right now, it's looking at this number. I'm seeing it out here. It's a dollar. I see a dollar sixty now on the Brewers. It was almost tempting to feel like, yeah, Lance Lynn and how, how he's been such a horse for them all season long. And is this the spot for them to be able to pull out and not get swept here on the road in Milwaukee? Lance Lynn would be the guy to do that. Rodon was not able to hold serve yesterday for the White Sox. We'll see. keep an eye on this number because, like you said about it, it's really ticked up significantly here, and it's almost to the price point here. I guess we got to talk about what would be the price point for us to want to get involved with the White Sox, especially with Lance Lynn on the hill.
5: Yeah, I think it's actually a first five play for me if we're going to do this uh, with Lance Lynn because we're going to reach a number here, and let me double-check the first five that we have at the moment. Uh, you can get Lance Lynn as high as plus 130 Uh, in that first five with the White Sox. Got to be honest, uh, that that is tempting given the fact that this Brewers offense isn't exactly lighting it up uh, this year. Granted, they've been much better uh, with the emergence of Urias and also with Willie Adamas, but uh, Lance Lynn's a heck of a pitcher in the Cy Young discussion in the American League. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about Major League Baseball, some trades going down here in the past week, some trade discussion going on around one of the best pitchers in baseball. We'll have it all on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network.
0: And then they're never at any of those. Nev- yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to like you know Lil Durk, and you're like, "See, I knew Lil Dirk was better. Why are you t- why you <laughs> telling me the whole time?" <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts.
4: Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is Twenty Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Allison Bree.
3: Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O.
4: Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service,
5: Betting across America comes to you from the South Point Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas, as well as Denver, Colorado. I'm Adam Candy, joined by James Salinas from the Rockies. Major League Baseball's trade deadline is on the way. Reports today that Max Scherzer could be on the block as Washington falls farther out of discussion. But we've already actually seen some trades that could have some impact, James, on what's coming over the last two months of the season. And the Tampa Bay Rays have been right in the mix in both of the major trades. They acquire Nelson Cruz from the Minnesota Twins. And then, just as I thought they were loading up, well, then they turn around and they send Rich Hill to the New York Mets. And Rich Hill... Uh, one of the few starting pitchers that that team has that had given them any sort of consistency, although he had struggled a little bit since the Sticky Stuff crackdown. Um, What do you make of the trades that we've seen so far and especially what the Rays have done?
2: I think for the Rays, talked about Rich Hill. I think they got everything they could get out of him and traded him right at the prime time to get whatever top value they could. And they need they they go into their bullpen for, for the trade for the Mets with Rich Hill and ultimately these are pitchers that they've had there in the past as well as the backup catcher there with Matt Dwyer. But I think I think for the thinking about the, the bullpen for Tampa, yeah, they need to continue to bolster so that a lot of with the analytics that Kevin Cash uses there with the Rays, a lot of Openers dig into the bullpen. A lot more arms in the bullpen than they have starters. And now with the the health of Glas now in question, is is he even going to come back this season? I kind of suspect he won't be. Going to have to be even heavier with that bullpen. But the bigger piece here is landing Nelson Cruz. Now Nelson Cruz really solidifying that lineup. Not just his ability to drive the baseball uh, and and hit the ball over the fence. We know the we know how the Rays hit, and there is no shame in striking out on that team. They lead the Bigs when it comes to strikeouts. It's not get them on, get them over, get them in. It's it's not hardball, It's yard ball. They're looking to drive that ball over the fence. Trying to get those three run homers and Nelson Cruz can provide that power. But I think the added benefit for Cruz now stability to that lineup. We were talking about G Man Choi being able to hit in the two-hole, and he's been taking advantage of it the first couple games, getting plenty of good pitches to hit, and really kind of solidifies some of the spots in the order because I think that's the one thing we've seen all season long with the Rays is it wasn't a consistent order. Guys were hitting, I've seen Rosarina hit leadoff, seen him hit third, hit him fourth, seen him hit seventh. He's been up and down that lineup. So I think not only for he, but other, uh, other hitters within the Rays lineup to now finally get solidified with what spot, what hole they're going to be hitting out of. I think it was a huge pickup and a great pickup by the Rays The land Nelson Cruz.
5: Well, Nelson Cruz brings plenty of power to that lineup. Consistent power as well. I don't worry about how it translates to any ballpark against any pitcher. Uh, not a guy where I'm worried about analytics at all. We know what he does. He mashes. He comes in and he hits the ball hard somewhere. Uh, and we have seen a lot of hitting the ball hard in Major League Baseball here just in the past few minutes. Harrison Bader with a three-run shot off Sonny Gray, whose ERA is now north of 420, as the Cardinals take a 6-3 lead over the Cincinnati Reds at Great American Ballpark. Down in Miami, answering the Machado home run, Brian Anderson sneaks one over the right field wall as U Darvish in his second start off the DL from a hip injury gives up his second solo home run of the game, and we are now knotted at two. Marlins are plus 190 dogs in that one. At Fenway Park behind Domingo Herman, the New York Yankees look to be friendly to James Salinas and his first five under six and a half bet. They have one out in the bottom of the fifth inning with a two nothing lead. Yankees were plus 124 dogs today against Martin Perez. Uh, I have under 10 and a half for the full game, so I would be uh, cruising toward bad beat territory here if this one doesn't uh, ultimately work out the direction that it's been going. My other early bet, uh, well, let's just say that's that's not looking quite as good uh, thus far as Rich Hill we mentioned. Going over to the New York Mets, who, of course, have to deal with the Jacob deGrom injury. Not sure when Carlos Carrasco will come back and how much he'll be able to contribute to that starting rotation. Well, Rich Hill's given them the start they need thus far. Five innings on just 49 pitches against the powerful Toronto Blue Jays lineup. This game closed nine and a half. I played the over, uh, a little smaller play on this one, not working out thus far for my bet. But for the Mets, they have to be happy with the early returns here on Rich Hill with a 1-0 lead over the Toronto Blue Jays, even though uh, there have been three doubles off-hill for this Toronto side. Major League Baseball just getting underway in some other spots as well. We'll update those games in the 2 p.m. Eastern starts as we go along. Also, some more NFL props. We talked about the running backs. How about some of the receivers and the quarterbacks? Who's going to be better? James and I will give you our opinion here momentarily. It is Betting Across America here on Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. The VEASAN football betting guides are coming soon and there is no better way to prepare for the college and pro football seasons. Our experts provide profiles of every team with advanced stats and power ratings. Plus, best bets on season win totals, division finishes, and player awards. Each guide's only 20 bucks and discounts are available when you buy both. Now's the time to reserve your copy or sign up for VEASAN All Access. Get everything we have to offer for the entire football season. Sign up now at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Uh, let's talk a little bit of baseball before we get to the football that we promised. James cashes his first five ticket under six and a half on the Yankees and the Red Sox. And then Rugnet Odor hits a solo home run, the top of the six to make it three, nothing Uh, another two runs for the Cardinals to make it eight, three as Sonny gray is knocked out. And James goodness gracious. Could John means have given up some of these runs just a little bit sooner Uh, two outs in the sixth inning which means he has 17 outs to his credit and i believe 16 and a half was your number as the Nats on a three-run ryan zimmerman home run take the lead four to three
2: they've been hitting him hard all game he's been out to means credit he's been in the zone his deuce has been he's been getting able to get the deuce over for strikes he's pitched very well uh, but he's put some balls out there to put hard hit hard in play and they have that's but it's You know how baseball goes sometimes, Adam? So many hard-hit balls by the Nationals, but a lot of times right at somebody. A great play by a third base, a pickup by a third base at one point, a great play at the wall at one point, out to center field. And now, now they got the bullpen warming up now. Means is he's hit two batters in this sixth inning, gave up the three-run home run. He just hit Harrison with another another hit batter there. So, yeah, the bullpen is warming up, and they're trying to get through it, and it looks like there's a can of corn right there. So it looks like he's going to get 18 outs, got himself out of the inning. I don't think we'll see Means get back into it, but yeah, could have had something earlier to get try to chase Means out of this game. His pitch count wasn't high because Washington was going up and hacking. They weren't working counts and getting deep counts here. They were going up trying to hit the baseball, and finally Zimmerman hit one over the over the fence for that three-run homer, but a little too little for me.
5: All right, James. Let's get to something more fun to talk about. Bets we haven't lost yet. Uh, passing yards in the National Football League. Let's start with a team we already talked about a little bit earlier today with Joe Mixon and with Joe Burrow, with Cincinnati Bengals, who Ian Rappaport reports earlier, Joe Burrow will start the season healthy, not on the physically unable to perform list in training camp for the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, Let's see. Burrow and Kirk Cousins both have a number of 4,200 and a half yards. Um, We, of course, have questions about the health of Burrow. The questions in Minnesota probably have more to do, James, with how much will they run Dalvin Cook versus how much will Kirk Cousins be able to throw to that deadly duo he has of Jefferson and Thielen. Who do you have between Cousins and Burrow?
2: I, I'll stay away from Burrow just because we just I just can't suspect I just can't believe he's actually going to be out on the field week one. And if he is, good for him. He went through his rehab and young guys heal a lot faster. So and he is a young fella, is Joe Burrow. So hopefully he is. He's a great talent and I, I like he's he's great to watch and such a competitor out there at the quarterback position on the field for the Bengals. But for here, Kirk Cousins. Thinking about that offense, we saw the emergence of rookie Justin Jefferson and the and it's only he's only got his ceiling is so high. He's a tremendous talent. And I think we're going to see more vertical game from f- thinking about Kirk Cousins throwing the football down the field. And you talked about the running game and Dalvin Cook and how many carries he's going to get. He's going to get his fair share of carries, but that also is, it makes it difficult for the opposing defenses because they got to be mindful of trying to creep up and and the safety's cheating up to stack the box to stop the running game of Dalvin Cook. And now you're going to have an explosiveness through this offense with Justin Jefferson and Thielen to catch the ball on third downs and and move the chains but also just looking at this look at look at the schedule for the Vikings and they get to start off right there against Joe Burrow potentially Joe Burrow playing against Cincinnati, but looking at these defenses that they're going to face, will the Minnesota Vikings, I think we're going to see a lot of shootouts here. The Vikings defense still a work in progress for Coach Zimmerman Zimmerman there, and I think for for them, it's a young defense for Coach Zimmer, and they're going to get better, but it's still a work in progress. Again, I think we're going to see a lot of shootouts. I think there's going to be plenty of opportunities for Kirk Cousins to throw the football. Just looking, they're going to start with Arizona. Our second game at Arizona, that defense doesn't scary on the secondary neither Seattle Cleveland will be improved but then they're going to play Detroit and Carolina to, to put the first part of their season very favorable pass defenses for him to be able to throw against I think we're going to see a big year throwing the football out of Kirk Cousins make mine over 4200 yards
5: this actually might be the prop that I like the most uh, and it is the over on Kirk Cousins uh, because of the uncertainty around Burrow. I get it. I'll stay away there as well. If Burrow plays 16 or 17 games, he'll get to this number, but we still don't know what it'll be. What we do know is that Kirk Cousins gets near this every year and you're potentially giving him an extra game and you're giving him a second year of Justin Jefferson who is already a top 10 wideout in football from what we saw last year. Let's go through the stats with Kirk Cousins. Last year, Kirk Cousins threw for 4265 yards. If you go back to when Kirk cousins finally got to be a starter in Washington, here are the numbers 4,400, 4,900, 4,100, 4,300 in the seasons before what we just talked about. And the two where he went under the number, he did not have as many attempts as he had in past seasons. And you're going to add in the 17th game this year for Kirk cousins. So I'll definitely take Kirk cousins. I'll definitely take the over more individually when it comes to that prop. Uh, From guys who we think will throw for some yards to guys who are just going to probably offend us by having to watch them, Carson Wentz and Daniel Jones. Uh, 3,850 on Wentz, 3,800 on Daniel Jones. Pick one of these unappetizing dishes, James.
2: Since we're putting this ultimatum to me here, Adam, (laughs) I I think, think about Daniel Jones. I mean, this is his year. This is it. It's on the line for him to be to, is he going to be the quarterback for 2022 for the New York Giants? We'll determine that this year. And they've given him the wideouts. I mean, they have definitely went out, whether through the draft and or through free agency, to bolster the opportunities for him to throw the football to some very talented receivers down the field. And uh, the concern for me is going to be the offense line. The offensive line for the Giants is a mess. But that said, I think there's going to be opportunities for Daniel Jones to throw the football not only because of the talent that they got in the off season, but also the fact that this team's probably going to be in a number of games where they're going to be behind as well. So more opportunities to throw the football. Not sure about Saquon Barkley. He's not in camp yet on the physically unable to perform list at this point coming off of offseason knee surgery or during the season knee surgery last year. I think Jones is just going to have plenty of opportunities to throw the football via behind the talent that they have. Make mine Daniel Jones. If I got to do it, ultimatum put to me, Adam, I'm going to go over Daniel Jones, 3,800 yards.
5: Carson Wentz last year, pro football focus grade, ranked between Drew Locke and Mitchell Trubisky. And yet, I'll still take him over Daniel Jones in this spot because I don't trust that New York offensive line at all. Whereas, one of the best offensive lines in football for Carson Wentz and a better group of skill players all the way around. More NFL talk when we return on VEASAN's Betting Across America.
2: Billy Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro.
3: Billy's vocals, it was automatic art.
2: You know, I had to,
1: like, choose a more challenging route than just, like, da-da-da-da. You know what I'm saying? Like, it could have been, like, easier. And a lot of people have asked me, like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and, like, so simple? And what else was it going to—like, that's what the song wanted.
2: Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call Podcast on Deadline.
1: the world's largest social network for kids. (laughs) Download the Zigazoo app today.
4: Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious.
5: your favorite sports with a risk-free wager up to $600 at BetMGM. Just sign up using bonus code vsin 600 and get in the game with the king of sportsbooks. Download the app or go to betmgm.com and use promo code vsin 600 to make your free first bet risk-free up to $600. New customer offer paid in free bets. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions, 21 years of age or older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C. or West Virginia only excludes Michigan-dissociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, Virginia, and Washington, D.C. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. And 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. In Tennessee, call or text the red line, 800-889-9789. In Indiana, call 1-800-9 with it. This promotional offer is not available in Nevada. The Green Zone is on the way in about 15 minutes. James, Salinas, and I are wrapping up here betting across America from the South Point in Las Vegas. I'm Adam Candy, and James and I are talking a little bit of NFL. But before we get back to that, uh, James, you and I... I'm not going to call us the smartest individuals on the network, but in a moment like this, we look like the smartest individuals on the network. When Nelson Cruz hits a home run for the Tampa Bay Rays, right after we talked about the impact that he's going to make for this Tampa Bay Rays lineup, I'm not going to sprain my arm doing it, but I'm going to give myself a little pat on the back and give you one as well as the Rays now take a two to one lead over Cleveland with Nelson Cruz hitting his second home run for Tampa Bay uh, since coming over in trade from the Minnesota Twins. Uh, So good on both of us for talking about the impact that Nelson Cruz would make. Back over on the football side in the AFC North, we have one more of these quarterback props that we didn't get to, and it's Ben Roethlisberger against Baker Mayfield. Now we're talking about who gets more yardage here. But we're also talking about the over-unders individually for these guys. Ben Roethlisberger, 39, 100 yards. Baker Mayfield, 39, 75 and a half. James, who has more passing yards this year between Big Ben and the caretaker of the Cleveland Stadium, Baker Mayfield?
2: I, I would have to say I, if I was going to bet these I would probably bet both of them over but in this case here if I'm going to choose between the two I think I'm going to go with Baker Mayfield I think we're going to see we, we've seen the identity of that team last year running the football the way that Cleveland did I think it's the best run blocking offensive line in all of football but what that does is that really opens up the passing game for Baker Mayfield to be able to throw and have his sight lines lot of a lot more snaps under center for Baker Mayfield this past season handing the football off and and then being able to run some play action out of there, whether it's dropping straight back or moving him around in the pocket so he can have clearer lines of sight for his passing lanes. And think about the talent that he has to throw the football to out there. If OBJ comes back, has his mind right for one, but as physically has his body right for the other coming off of his knee surgery too. I think there's plenty of talent, just the balance alone of being able to threat of the running game and the real threat, it's the best running, running attack in football that really will open up the passing game for baker mayfield playing a lot more confident now another year in this new system with stefanski here and think about the other side to me with big ben roethlisberger just the issues being able to push the ball down the field i mean you got to make some big plays in the passing game and we saw the regression as the season progressed last year Uh, he had the elbow surgery in the offseason to a year two years ago and in that case just another year older and yeah he looks in better shape that's fine he's not going through The drive-through lane so much this offseason as he has in years past, I guess, but. That really, to me, it's the arm strength is just not there. It's a young receiving core there as well for Pittsburgh, and I think the identity is going to change. The offensive line is not nearly to the caliber of what, we see, what we're going to see with the Cleveland Browns, and I think that's going to spell more short passes again for the Pittsburgh Steelers as well as drafting Najee Harris. You said it earlier in, in the show. You didn't draft him number one to have him hit there and, and pass block. He's going to get plenty of opportunities to, to run the football. So if I'm pick between the two, make mine Baker Mayfield to go over and I'll just stay away from Roethlisberger. And if anything, it might be looking at playing the under because I think the offense is going to look significantly different this year than what it has in years past.
5: I hear everything you just said, James. Then, and I agree with almost all of it because I'm staying away from both of these now to make the pick, because that's what Britain wants us to do in this segment. We have to make a pick. Uh, I will take Ben Roethlisberger reluctantly. I, um, largely because last year they fed him dropbacks, right? Ben Roethlisberger threw the ball 600 or dropped back 626 times and attempted 608 passes. Now, they don't want him to do that this year. I get it. That's why you draft Najee Harris. But at the same time, I can't take Baker Mayfield. and And here's the reason why with Baker Mayfield, even in a season where that offense was revamped and Baker Mayfield was throwing the ball down the field a little bit more, yards per attempt ranked alongside Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert. Uh, Again, he dropped back 538 times, 486 attempts. I just don't know that I feel that they're going to give Baker Mayfield the attempts to do it. Now, yes, Odell Beckham Jr. could change a lot of things, but we've been so far removed from an effective odell beckham jr now that i need to see it uh i'll pass on these two entirely i don't like either of them but roethlisberger if i have to choose one how about some wide receivers james let's let's start with an offense that everyone is loving to talk about this offseason adding matthew stafford to sean mcveigh and company cooper cup robert woods both at right on 1,000 yards. Who has more receiving yards this year between Cooper Cup and Robert Woods?
2: that's what we're going to have to find out now with the addition. Now having Matthew Stafford at the quarterback position, what is that going to do for Sean McVay and his playbook? I just feel like over the last couple years, he really had to start to remove certain pages from that playbook just with the the limitations of skill set for Jared Goff. And now does that open up again? Now that you have Stafford and we know he stands tall in the pocket, he's not going to move around in the pocket and outside the pocket with some of those design plays that they did for Goff in this sense but he's also going to be much more aggressive throwing the ball down the field than what we've seen with Goff, and which one of these which one of these receivers is going to be that bigger play receiver down the field? To me, it's probably going to be Woods to be the beneficiary of some of those bigger plays over the top from from Matthew Stafford throwing the football here. Just but still remains to be seen. So I think I think both players are are clearly capable of getting there. But if I'm going to choose between one or the other, I think it would be Woods because I think there's going to be opportunities for bigger play potential over the top with now Matthew Stafford at the quarterback position for McVay and that offense for the Rams.
5: Yeah, I think that's where you ultimately have to look with this is that you know Cooper Cup is going to get the volume, and that's pretty much what he does from that slot position for this team. But if you made me choose one, I would be taking Robert Woods uh, based on that big play potential. He's the one I would probably go over the 1,000 on. I'm not sure I would be uh, as bullish on going over on Cooper Cup. Julio Jones or A.J. Brown as we look at more receiving teammates. Uh, Julio Jones coming over into the offense with Ryan Tannehill. Of course, some changes this year with Arthur Smith off to Atlanta. Uh, We pretty well know what A.J. Brown's going to deliver with what we've seen from that big stud receiver. 11.75 on A.J. Brown, 10.99 on Julio Jones. Who has more receiving yards?
2: I'd say A.J. Brown. He's already got the connection there with Tannehill for one. And yeah, we're going to see could we see a different type of offense now that Arthur Smith is no longer calling the plays for Tennessee? And are they going to run the football as much there when when Arthur Smith was there under now with Ted Downing coming over as the offensive coordinator? I I think they're going to expand the offense here and Brown just the younger receiver and more apt to stay healthy out there. I think that's probably the biggest concern for me with Julio Jones and he's a great receiver too and he, he can be a downfield threat. He can be the third down receiver. He can run all the routes within the route tree, but got to stay on the field too. And I think already having that connection there with Tannehill does A.J. Brown between the two. Give me A.J. Brown.
5: Here's my issue with choosing either of these receivers in this spot. Uh, new offense and adding in a guy like Julio Jones, there's so many variables involved here. Um, my choice between them for who will have the most yards is A.J. Brown. My choice for who do I like better on his number is Julio Jones. Um, I, I think Julio Jones, ultimately, to me, uh, that number's a little bit depressed on what he can put up. Um, again, do I think that A.J. Brown is going to have more. And does that mean he goes well beyond Julio Jones? No, I think that's the question. Uh, So for me, I I don't really love either of these, but let's move on to Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey because that's more fun. Both sitting at 1,300 yards on the year in this Kansas City offense. James, who has more yards?
2: I think they both exceed those totals. You want to bet under against either of those guys with the way Kansas City, if they're going to revamp that offensive line, which I think that they've made some moves in the offseason. We saw the detriment there when you're banged up on the offensive line and what happens to Patrick Mahomes running around for more yards than he actually threw the ball down the field in the Super Bowl against Tampa Bay, but I don't want to get in front of either of these guys that that offensive line now will be better. I think for, for Tyreek Hill, he's going to have the more explosive plays, but as far as, as the volume go you know it's it's travis kelsey because he is really the toughest matchup as far as opposing defenses they move him all over you can call you can call him a tight end is travis kelsey but he doesn't play like a tight end nor does he line up like a tight end he lines up why he's lines up outside the numbers outside of the hash, inside he's all over the play he's a terrific receiver and such a, a difference maker offensively for the kansas city Chiefs. so if i'm going to pick between the two make mine travis kelsey
5: I'm with you on Travis Kelsey. Uh, Look, the guy played 15 games last year and put up 1,400-plus yards. Uh, It's just more reliable. That's the thing. When we talk about props, and especially when we talk about trying to pick one of these, You're trying to eliminate as much variance as possible and you know exactly what Travis Kelsey is in this offense you know how he's going to be targeted in the red zone Uh, things change with Tyreek Hill You, you don't necessarily know he's probably the more likely between the two to be injured at some point during the season to be nursed if he has a little ankle a little knee here and there that's the sort of thing that makes me a little bit concerned with Tyreek Hill I'll take Travis Kelsey as my over for what is of course going to be an explosive Kansas City Chiefs offense. The green zone is on the way. You know they'll have all of the golf talk that you need to get through the rest of your day. This is Betting Across America from v